It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Your source for big and talk. It's off tackle. an SB Nation production. Big Ten, and as Big Ten weather descends upon the conference for real, I will note that on the first day of fall here in Michigan, temperature dropped 25 degrees overnight so that we could have our real fall weather. It went from uncomfortable to acceptable outside. Absolutely. Except for me, because I'm allergic to life, so, you know. Until Ooh. until we get that first good frost and all the plant spooge dries up, it's three Allegra knockoffs a day, or I cannot function as a living person. So both you and Nebraska have the following in common. You're still looking for the first good frost. <clears throat> oh boy, that's my allergy man over there. He's Andrew Krzyzewski. I'm Steve Brunt. I also go by Thumposaurus. And we've got... It, it, it feels like this is kind of our first slate where most of the games in the Big Ten are important. Most of the games are important, and also most of them are in the conference. In fact, I believe they all are, which means we can actually get through all of them in less than an hour. We won't, but we could. Well, so. because we'll talk about more of these each. Yeah, we can actually... I mean, it's when you have one or two Big Ten games or none, and you have... 10, 11, or 12 games to talk about, it's kind of hard to do each of them justice, especially because even, it, we, for example, we got to know New Mexico State a little bit because two different teams played them. But, hey, they beat Hawaii! Yet another means, indictment to Michigan's schedule. Holy shit. Yeah. Um, well, and also Colorado State is winless, and Colorado is winless as well. Yeah, we, uh, as a conference, sure did not have very many interesting non-con games is what we're saying here. But anyway, it is turning to fall. It is in, We are into October by the time the next week of games is played. Oktoberfest time. Here is O'Fallon Naughty. It is a pretzel beer. Uh, this is from O'Fallon, which is in the Metro East area. Uh, of course, near St. Louis. Um, but... As that is about the furthest reaches of Big Ten country, we will instead go more towards its epicenter and talk about Big Nude Saturday. Also known as just Michigan's broadcast show now. I don't know why the Maryland game made sense for them as their national broadcast. I don't think this Iowa game is going to be very good either. Um, but, you know, if you, got, if you have access to a top five teams game every week, I suppose that's not a bad choice. Um... So Michigan hosts Iowa, at, right? Am I doing? Is that where the game is? I got. I, no, it's in Kinnick, so that's a, that's okay. kind of a different vibe. So we are three. Why was I so sure that they hosted Iowa? I don't know. Anyway. We are three years removed from what was this a ten to three score? A few years back. Yes, was it three years? I thought that was the pandemic year. That might have been. 
I just I remember being either in Holland or Traverse City. At the the time. point is, who cares? Because who remembers? Because all games played between these two teams are either low scoring and unwatchable or one sided and unwatchable. So, well, look. Either way, Iowa is going to score fewer than seventeen points. The question is, what does Michigan score? We're going to find out exactly how good this Iowa defense really is, aren't we? Because they haven't exactly played any good offenses yet this year. Bill Connolly ranks them as number one in the nation. And they may end up being, but this is going to be by a huge margin the biggest test that they've faced. I mean, Iowa State, which is the best offense that they face at this point, did put 24 points on Baylor. Um, They were kind of behind in that game a bit. Uh, the main thing I was able to find on that, you know, was a related video uh, in which shocking headline: Matt Campbell flips out at a referee. Would you ever have believed it if I hadn't told you myself? Matt Campbell lost his shit and made some super funny faces at a ref. Yeah, I, but in any case, I will play them in a monsoon. So, I mean, it's not really fair to. To call that a representative performance of the Iowa State offense, is it? No. And so Michigan has an offensive line that can certainly stand up to Iowa's front. They have receivers that can get open against Iowa's defensive backs. A quarterback who is good enough to get them the ball. And a running back who's a difference maker. So this is the best offense Iowa will play all year. Unless until I don't recall if they play Ohio State or not. Are we comfortable saying that this Michigan offense is better than last year's? Hmm. Um, ask me again after this game. If they're able to run the ball against this Iowa front without Hassan Haskins as that between-the-tackles battering ram who always falls forward and gets the maximum yards he can, if they still run the ball effectively, basically relying on Blake Corm, because I, I haven't heard anything as we sit here still about whether Donovan Edwards is playing. It's going to be the Blake Corm show. Even if Edwards can play, you have to imagine he'll be limited. If they run the ball with any kind of effect, then yes, I I would feel comfortable saying they are better than they were last year, which is to be expected, by the way, because they had fantastic carryover. They lost a couple of offensive linemen, but upgraded at one of those spots. Probably ended up choosing the higher ceiling quarterback, even though I still think it was a hugely confusing way that they approached it, Um, because I think this was their decision from the beginning, and they should have just named him the starter. But anyway, we've been all over that, and it's water under the bridge because McNamara is hurt now. Um, if they're able to consistently run the ball against this Iowa defense, then yes. Not only is it better than last year's Michigan offense, but you could make a case it'll be one of the better Michigan offenses you know, like since the end of the Lloyd Carr era. Oh, are you sure you don't mean that explosive Rich Rod offense? Those offenses were certainly fun. Um, they also racked up huge numbers and averages against really bad teams and tended to shut down when they played better ones. Anyway, um, I mean, I recall the Robinson, reason I ask yes, I, whether or not this is a better team, because I certainly don't think it's a worse offense than last year's, is because how much better do we think this Iowa defense is than last year's? I don't know if I can say better. Um, the players that they lost were Good, but not irreplaceable. I don't know that I can say better or worse. It's hard to judge so far, and I gotta know this is sort of a punting answer, but that's what that's we, appropriate. That's, that's, that's what we do around here. Um, I can't say that they're 
much so worse. Maybe maybe both of those units are similar to what they were last year. Yeah. That 10-point line seems suspect. Especially given that Michigan's defense... It, of the four units in this game, I think the one that is most different from last year is Michigan's defense appears to be considerably worse. So far, they could end up being pretty good. They have plenty of talent, but... Well, what we asked is, could Iowa's passing offense get worse? Yes, they could. They uh, as have. Apparently so. And that's, yeah, that would be the next thing is... When Michigan has the ball, this could be a compelling game to watch. When Iowa has the ball, not only leave the room, leave your house for a minute. Have somebody who's like less sensitive to these things monitor the game and text you when Michigan has the ball back and it's safe to re-enter the domicile and once again be within 20 feet, of, be within earshot of your TV to be able to hear and see what's going on. Because that's the only part of the game you're going to watch is when Michigan is on offense playing the Iowa defense. You do not want to see this Iowa offense at all. I'm not saying Michigan's defense is that terrible, but it's still like not the part of this game that you want to be watching. Feels like if Iowa wins this game, our site is in danger of shutting down in the next week. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I it's, think that uh, could be it for us. We would go out in such a flurry of shit posting, the likes of which you, you have not seen. In recent years on the internet. On the Since that internet. time, Evan Wildcat and I got really drunk during that Super Bowl when the <laughs> Eagles beat the Patriots and just posted the same article a bunch of times. Is that what happened? <laughs> okay. Well, okay. No, 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 no. All right. One so of our guys, like... um, well, what's his face? Um, uh, the, the Ohio State writer that we had for a bit that was also at Hustle Belt. Ted? No, no, no. Uh, Jimmy. Jimmy Buckeye. Oh, yeah. He wrote some article asking if Tom Brady was the best Big Ten player ever, even though he lost the Super Bowl. And me and Evan Wildcat were, like, really drunk and thought that was a really shitty clickbaity article, so we just made a bunch of clickbait articles in the same vein. I remember them all going up. That might have... Was that before we were all on Slack, regularly communicating? No, it was not. I don't remember the explanation for that. <laughs> there, we never, we never officially published one. We just kind of, I saw what he was doing, I wrote one, he saw what I was doing, and we just kind of kept doing it. Okay. In any case, our, our archives are, are pretty fascinating for January 2018. But I digress. Yeah. Those, those articles are, are all still up. Those are the deep cuts, and uh, yeah, I mean, look... If Iowa does beat Michigan, yeah, that's going to be a shit posting Armageddon. We may as well release the Super Bowl, what would that be, 52 deep cut. One um, of my headlines <laughs> was, is Ted Karras the greatest Big Ten football player to ever trump Bitcoin noons memo in the Super Bowl? <laughs> I should tell you about when that was. But. All right, so the, the real upshot here is that we're taking this opportunity to suggest that everyone out there subscribe to our Patreon uh, if you have access to the Super Bowl 52 deep cut shit posts. I got half a verse of a new single left to write, and then I got to recover my voice until I can sign it. <laughs> uh, we have to move on. We have to talk about something else. I mean, <laughs> like, <laughs> by all means, Michigan should kick the shit out of Iowa in yes. this game. Let's quit beating around the bush here. No, Iowa's offense should not be able to move the ball, even against a still reconfiguring Michigan defense. Okay. Iowa may, you know, st- they might hang in there for a few punches from the Michigan offense, but yeah. at some point the dam is going to break uh, well, because yeah, look, Iowa's it, you know. defense will be on the field the whole time. Yeah, and Michigan's defense, or, I'm sorry, Michigan's offense 
has every bit the collection of weapons that Maryland does. They have a better offensive line, and their defense is not going to be anywhere near as vulnerable as you know, as Maryland's was in that game. So I'm going to go on another rant inspired by this Packers game, but it is kind of relevant. Do you like when dudes that are calling a football game pretend that neither they nor you have ever heard of scripted drives? And they say, well, look at this offense was so good in these first two drives of this game, and then suddenly something happened to where they're not as good anymore. Isn't this crazy? <laughs> I, look, man, you got to remember the level of sophistication, kind of the casual... I mean, they're, they're applying to their... They're appealing to the casuals, aren't they? I suppose, but that's a pretty easy thing to explain. Just like, you know, w- once you get to the point where maybe they haven't practiced these plays, then their their offense in the space state, not as effective. Instead of just like, wow, suddenly after the first two drives, the Packers forgot how to offense. It is also just funnier... After every after every incomplete pass to just cut to Rogers looking at looking at whatever receiver like fell down or ran the wrong route or tripped another receiver. That's a thing I've never seen in an NFL game before today. Um, but it's just funny to see and they just go and he's just got the look like like a more miserable son. Per- I am disappointed. Like if yeah, like if a more miserable person was playing Jim Halpert. Like, that's kind of what the look is. Well, after pick he threw, he probably should have gone and made that face in front of a mirror. But, I digress. We do. We do wildly. Um, I think we both consider Michigan by our team, and they ought to win. If this was a night game at Kinnick, okay, alright. Like, yeah, dial me in for some weird stuff. Uh, but it's big, and it's nude. Yes. And so, I would expect Michigan to win, you said, so what, 10-point line... I would expect them to beat that. Yeah, I think so. It maybe ends up being a backdoor cover. It is true that Maryland ended up beating the spread last week, but they were also an offense capable of throwing the ball to catch up when they were behind. Speaking of things that are big and nude. Yeah. Let's talk about Brett Bielema. Would you put it that way? (laughs) Um, Sure. So (laughs) Illinois goes to Wisconsin. Uh, Return of the Burt. have you come up with a name for this? I, I know you have. What are you referring to this as in your mind? Oh man, I have. I have genuinely not. You're foolish. That's you know what? That's for the Patreon subscribers. So <laughs> anyway, much <laughs> uh, I'm sure will be made of Brett Bielema's return to Wisconsin. Chris was his offensive coordinator there, correct? Yes, that is true. Um, still very much in place. Wisconsin reeling a little bit. There's no question here. And look. The Ohio State result was not especially surprising, but given that it was coming off the heels of losing to Washington State, it's now fair to ask if Wisconsin's got a bigger picture problem here. Um, now, we didn't address this for whatever reason, ran out of time, but Wazoo, Oregon was lit. Wazoo, possibly, um, possibly good. May have upgraded their coach because their last guy refused to get a vaccine. So they ended up picking the right assistant. Like, it's just, it, truly bizarre how stuff like that works. But anyway, um, yeah. It, it, the manner in which Wisconsin lost that game, not really consistent with the kind of game that they want to play. Or that they, that, they, that they usually lose, really. Yeah, or that they're capable. I mean, of course, it's not the kind of game they want to play. This is not a team that's going to score north of 40 and be in a favorable position for the most part. Well, unless it's one of those ones where their where their ground game gets going to the point where it can't be stopped anymore. 
How long has it been since that happened? Yeah, that I mean that that is the question, right? That's I mean against against your non-scrub opponents. Like they used to do that in conference games two or three, four times a year. That doesn't happen anymore. Now, Paul Chris has been there since 2017 as the head coach, I believe so, yes. Or no, wait, it has to have been earlier it, than that. Yeah, cuz Bielema Bielema left after 2012. Yeah. Gary Anderson was there for two or three years. He left midway through the season, so I guess it'll depend on how you want to count that. Okay, no, twenty fifteen for Paul Christ. Yeah, I was gonna say it's it's been it's been a minute, um, and that they, I mean, really from a coaching perspective, how unbelievably lucky were they that Gary Anderson found Dave Aranda as a coordinator and brought him, and they kept him for a number of years. Yeah, and then they had an alumnus and Jim Leonard and his NFL career and move into coaching and be great. Paul Chris had like, nothing to do with Dave Aranda being there. No. And it's that it, that it gave him such an incredible cushion to be able to turn control of the defense over to a guy like that for his first number of years. Anyway, I guess my ultimate point here is like, are things, uh, is momentum still in place at Wisconsin at all? Like what is the, what am I supposed to expect out of them as a best case scenario right now? Does it feel like they're going to be that team that wins 10 or 11 games, easily wins the West, maybe challenges Ohio State in a, or whoever in a conference title game? I mean, it doesn't feel like they're the team that challenges Ohio State in a conference game because yeah, we just saw what that. they did against Ohio State <laughs> last week. We just saw that. And so mm-hmm. it's like, it, do, we see, do we expect to see them go back? I think their last New Year's Six game was that game against Miami in the Orange Bowl, right? And then... Uh, well, they... And then they replayed him in a different shittier bowl the next year. Well, 2019, I thought they uh, um, they won the Big Ten West. Yeah. And went to which bowl? I certainly don't remember. it. Regardless, though, as, as we've said a couple times, if something happened before the pandemic, it kind of feels like it was... Rose in, Bowl. Lost yeah, Oregon. It kind of feels like it was in another geologic era. All right, so it's it feels like it was longer ago than it was. Doesn't it feel like they are a long way away from being that program? Um, well, and if you look at 2019 as where there was a crack, uh, they've got three losses to top six teams, two of which were Ohio State, and then another loss to unranked Illinois. Uh, 2020 was, I mean, 2020 was such a shit show, and yet, like, you know, as as will, as you may recall. The very first game that happened, Wisconsin gave Illinois COVID and kind of started the uh, what's going on here, we're going to cancel a lot of games thing. Yeah. Yeah, and of course, that was also the one time when Graham Mertz actually looked like a transformational quarterback. And since then, it's kind of been looking forward to the next guy. Um, All of which is to say we're zooming out pretty much here. But it's, I've found myself, you know, as I was watching the very tail end of their Ohio State But to, game. To, to answer your question, the last time they looked like that team was right before they went to Champaign in 2019 because they had kicked everybody's ass that year. That was the one where they made yeah. that. That was that was the year that we thought Jim Harbaugh might be done. That was the yeah. That was the Jonathan Taylor year. Um, well, the the, one. the last one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, the last one. Uh, and yeah, they absolutely. I mean, they they could easily have finished Jim Harbaugh if he had the sort of job security of a normal person um, or even a normal college football head coach. But anyway, now it's Brett Bielema coming to Camp Randall. First of all, 
I wonder what kind of reception he gets. I mean, they probably boo him. They're a, a boorish people. As as a, also, they never really liked him for whatever reason. Even though, if you look at pictures of him before <laughs> and after Wisconsin, he lived the Wisconsin lifestyle better than perhaps any of them could ever have dreamed. He was certainly one of their people. But I will say that, like, because I was very low on Brett Bielema, and a lot of my opinion of him was informed by Wisconsin fans. Hmm. They just kind of never what, gave him what more did much they, credit. What more did they want him to do there? Well, because they felt like it wasn't really him. It was just Barry Alvarez. He was just kind of the guy in the chair driving. Oh, well, all right. Because Alvarez was still around the athletic department. So what? They think he's the one recruiting players? Like, I, I don't... That's a weird approach to me. Um Especially given how long Bielema was there. He was the coach for, what, like 10 years at Wisconsin? Like It, it was actually only seven seasons, I think. Okay. Well, nonetheless, at a certain point, once no player on the roster even remembers a player who played for Barry Alvarez, like, don't you kind of think it's the next guy's You'd think. Thing, thing at, his, at that point? Anyway, it, it's very weird. So, all right. So, it sounds pretty so clear. So, Paul Christ has now been at Wisconsin longer than Brett Bielema was there. Yeah. And it look, he certainly carried on with plenty of plenty of accomplishments, a lot of New Year's Six bowl games, typically coming after losing a conference championship game, though. Um Well, Brett Bielema lost two of those, right? Because he only yeah. ever got the opportunity to play in two, one of which he was in because Penn State and Ohio State were on probation. Well, he won the first one. Oh, yes, he did win the first one. I can't even be bad about that one. That was still probably one of the best games I've ever seen, um, as was the first game between Michigan State and Wisconsin that year. So I think it's pretty safe to say the reception for Bielema is probably going to be a hearty chorus of boos. Um, although it's not like they introduced the opposing head coach who'll just be like, here are the Illinois fighting Illini, boo. So <laughs> yeah. it's not like they'll be like, and you remember Brett. Um, it's not like basketball. Be- <laughs> I mean, basketball games, they Yeah, they introduced the player-by-player uh, player and that coach. It would be pretty funny if they did. Just be like, the Illinois fighting Illini, and now look who's back. This <laughs> fucking guy. How was Fayetteville, Brett? Did it treat you well? Anyway, here he comes. They're on the field. Anyway, boo him, guys. Boo. Boo. Boo then, this man. Boo. They, <laughs> they will. So, on the field, two teams that basically want to be each other because Wisconsin is still trying to be what they were when Brett Bielema was the head coach there. You know, sometimes they're pretty good at that. Um the two best players on the field are the starting running back from each team. I don't think that's especially controversial. I, I guess you could say Nick Herbig is up there, but I would still probably give it to Allen. Um, the matchup between he and Chase Brown, truly excellent. You know, that kind of gives me the thought. This is probably this could be the best year for running backs in the Big Ten overall since like 2014. When there was, you know, Zeke Elliott and Amir Abdullah and Tevin Coleman, um, Jeremy Langford, all those guys. And, and Josh Ferguson had over a thousand scrimmage yards because he was a good yeah. pass catching back. And now you've got these two guys, Brown and Allen, Chase, uh, I'm sorry, not Chase, Blake Corum, Travion Henderson, Nick Singleton. Um, yeah, I think there's a decent case to be made that there's a little bit. I mean, even Evan Hull is probably going to get like 1,500 scrimmage yards. Yeah. Um, Mo Ibrahim, a lot of really good running backs in the Big Ten right now. Interesting side thought. I'm doing anything I can to avoid talking about this game because it's going to be two cows leaning against each other for three hours. It'll be over quick. That's one thing because both these teams very heavily well, inclined to run the ball. 
it feels like the, I'm looking at SP Plus right now, and it feels like the way that they're ranking offense still has a lot of preseason, assum- preseason assumptions based in, ba- it, baked in. It does for the first few games, doesn't yeah. it? Before the previous year's stuff wears out. Yeah. Because, um, honestly, Illinois looks kind of to have a more balanced offense than they've had in a while. Because I think they've got adequate passing. Tommy DeVito is the kind of guy that can make the kind of throws that keep drives going. Like your, you know, eight-yard slant over the middle. He's willing to throw those. He can do it with accuracy. Like, I'm, I'm going to say something, and I don't know who. I, somebody's going to get offended here. I don't know who. He's Tanner Morgan. <laughs> He's perfectly good for a run-heavy offense. That's not going to ask him to carry, to, you know, to drive the ball many times, to, you know, come back from huge deficits. He's good for a team that wants him to play complimentary football. If they ever need him to throw 40 times and, you know, get five touchdowns, you're fucked. But for the type of game that you want to play and have consistently been able to play, he's perfectly good. Uh, you, However, there's one area where he's very different. And that is, he is jersey as fuck, man. Have you, have, you, have you seen a picture of this dude lately? Got this. Well, first off, his complexion is extremely jersey. Okay. Put it that way. Okay. And second, a big old chain with a with a medallion on it says TD. Oh, that's fantastic! I'm so, <laughs> it's awesome. I'm an Illinois fan as long as he's your quarterback. That's fantastic. You should have told me this earlier. How did you not tell me this earlier? Uh, I big knew, time Tommy. I knew about his mom. I knew about big time Tommy, the thing, the clip that you always play. You didn't tell me about the chain, man. Why didn't you tell me about the chain? <laughs> this is information I needed to know. Well, in any case, a real test of Illinois' defense in that Wisconsin has just, in this matchup in the past, Wisconsin's been able to just kind of get four yards per play and eat all of the clock. Uh, of course, recall last year, they uh, Illinois got behind the eight ball early and then tried to throw their way out of it yeah. with Art Sitkowski. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I think if we should try to do the same thing again, we are a little better equipped to do so. Our quarterback has adequate wheels and good accuracy in the in the short and medium game. I think your receivers are better too. Um, I, I know it's a lot of the same guys, but it really does seem well, like Pat Bryant has a much bigger role. Yes, he's been he's been big, and I mean, honestly, looks like a number one type of guy, like a true traditional receiver. Like Isaiah Williams is. It's fine if you want him to lead you in receptions because he is. He'll get you plenty of yards after catch and everything. But as a traditional receiver, like a guy who will go catch the ball past the chains so that he doesn't have to break two or three tackles to pick up a first down, I think Bryant can be that kind of guy. He looked great against Chattanooga. And again, it's an SCS team. I'm not going to get too carried away here. But he certainly looks the part. Um, and this offense looks much better designed with Barry Lonnie controlling it. The only thing that gives me a little bit of concern about this offense is that the interior offensive line has not played as well as I think last year's unit did. Um, obviously, you lose a... a four or five-year starter and center at Doug Kramer. Uh, that's going to impact your production. But are, are also starting two transfers at guards, so you can reasonably expect them to get better integrated with the guys around them as time goes And that's on. also kind of a thing where what concerns me is the, the, the red zone offense 
getting very cute. I don't know if I don't know if Barry Looney thinks that this is essential because they can't just power ahead. Mm. But uh, for certain, if it's a man ball battle, Wisconsin's got the most experience in this type of game, and it'll be the first uh, defense of this type that we've seen as far as the three four is concerned. Um, so it'll kind of be a question of whether or not we. I mean, honestly. This is scary for me as an Illini fan. Throwing the ball might be the key to winning this game. <laughs> Hello, Millie. That being said, I kind of feel like Wisconsin wins it because because I've just been conditioned to expect that they're the home team. Yeah, they've got uh, they've got more experience in these kind of games. Yeah, I mean, look, they've been because <laughs> thanks to. Northwestern and Iowa and Minnesota, they have played this game every year for several years with the same coaching staff, all these same players. So Our passing protection has not... Obviously, it's been way better than what Tommy DeVito had at Syracuse. God. <laughs> but I, I do expect Tommy to get uh, hit a few times. Um, yeah, Wisconsin's pass rush is going to get after you. They're um, absolutely going to get to him. And it's not like we haven't seen Wisconsin stumble early in the past and then correct themselves and get right back in the picture. So um, I think this is a lot of words to say that this is a Big Ten West game, except shockingly, Illinois might be able to throw it a little. Yeah, I think I also think you might. And it's probably going to be the way forward. I think the relative weakness in Wisconsin's defense probably is their secondary. I think it's probably the way you want to go. Um, okay, now we'll move on. Purdue at Minnesota, also in the noon slot. Um, actually on ESPN too. That's not bad billing. We've we we could analyze this game as carefully as we've tried to in the past, but the fact is Jeff Brom doesn't beat PJ Fleck. Ah! I'm reading this note card up and handed by the Minnesota correspondent. Uh, wanted to make sure you were all aware of that. So, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, didn't he beat him the one year? Yeah, it's like one and how year one. one. Yeah, so I think this. So is yeah, year. he's absolutely yeah. had his number. I mean, I'll tell you what, any of the uh, any ill will Jeff Brom has generated towards himself by nearly losing to FAU and by losing the Syracuse and Penn State games in the way his team lost that game could be regained in quick order by winning this one. I don't think it's going to happen. No, um, um, obviously. How competitive it could be depends on Aiden O'Connell's status. Yep, and I tried to find something in the way of an update. We're recording here on Sunday night, so there hasn't been a whole lot of information. You know, they haven't done any of the press conferences about this week's game. And again, college coaches don't usually give accurate information about injuries anyway, so who actually knows? I don't even know what the injury is supposed to have been that kept him out. It was undisclosed. He was on the sidelines in street clothes for their game against Florida Atlantic. Not in any obvious pain, but certainly he wouldn't be. I mean, if it was something that was hurting him, they would give him something to help him get through it. So anyway, no idea what the problem is there, but it's obviously a significant change in Purdue's status. They lost all of their vertical. I mean, the thing is, a lot of the time you assume that they're at a disadvantage in games against opponents like Minnesota because bad weather favors a team like the Gophers. Forecast for Minneapolis on Saturday, it's partly cloudy, 69. It's going to be very It's going to be very pleasant. nice. <laughs> I was going to say pleasant. I guess you could also say nice. It's a word that means the same thing. Anyway, uh, O'Connell is a huge question mark until and unless you know whether he's going to play. Certainly from a gambling perspective, I would not want to touch this. 
Minnesota feels like this is their year. Maybe that's me trying to give them a little credit for what I just saw them do to my team. But again, I feel like they're not going to be the last team to do that this year, unfortunately. But it also feels like if Minnesota is going to lose a game, it's not going to be this one. I mean, they're going to lose a game at some point. No, it'll be Iowa. Yeah. And it'll but be, it it'll certainly be, won't be this one. It'll be hilarious, but it won't be this one. No, there's just... I mean, uh, P.J. Fleck has just had Jeff Brown's number. That is kind of the long and short of it. Yeah. A couple of games that you should not bother watching that are likely to be over quickly. Rutgers at Ohio State and Northwestern at Penn State. I don't even know which of these is likely to be over faster because while I think Ohio State is better than Penn State... It's. I don't think it's by a huge amount. And the other thing is, Rutgers actually has something of a sturdy-ish defense that could maybe gum the works up for a possession or two. Whereas, boy, Nick Singleton, Kevon Lee, Katron Allen versus Northwestern's run defense this year. My God, that's going to be a bloodbath. The only thing holding me back from dabbling in those waters for JMC is, I don't know how they're going to distribute the carries because they're still kind of divvying them up pretty evenly. This is a 41-point line in a conference game, yeah. Ohio State. I mean, I mean that's that's biblical. That's yeah, just incredible. I mean, I'm honestly shocked that the Penn State line is as low as 25 and a half. That's that is interesting. It's at Happy Valley too. Like, yeah, not that that would matter against Northwestern, but uh, I guess the theory is that Northwestern would shorten the game with long possessions and running the ball and running clock, but like. They haven't really even shown the tendency to do that this year. Occasionally they can. Um, but just as often, I mean, they end up going three and out or five and out or things like that. So, yeah, I, that's a confusingly low line to me. I might jump on that early in the week while I can if you end up hearing that, well, this isn't going to drop to like Thursday. But anyway, um, hopefully if you were inclined to gamble on this, you got it before. I think that line probably settles 27, 28, maybe as high as 30. Um, I don't know if I would play it in that case because you know Penn State did play around with Central a little bit last weekend. Um, in division game, Michigan State at Maryland. Potentially interesting factor here would be reported injuries to Rakeem Jarrett and Talia Tungavailoa. Normally, if I would say if a team's starting quarterback is uncertain to play, you've got a problem. But again, as I said in the recap episode, yeah, backup red, redshirt freshman Billy Edwards would probably complete 80% of his passes for 450 or so if he had to play. I would not take Michigan State against anybody right now, um, unless until they prove that this defense is not just going to give up 100% of yards to the first three quarters. Hey, you're talking about running backs. How about the emergence of Roman Henby? Very much a surprise. Um, Colby McDonald seemed to be slated to be their, you know, kind of primary back going into this season. But yeah, Hemby was not a name that, I had seen mentioned very much. I will. I had kind of thought that he was a product of, oh, he had this one game where he scored a few times, but they've gone to him and he's produced. He was mm-hmm. he was big in the Michigan game. Yeah. I will say, although Minnesota ended up racking up some yardage totals against Michigan State, I don't know if that was because the Spartan run defense is actually especially susceptible Still feels like for Maryland, the game script here is lean on the pass. There's no reason not to. Even if Jarrett and Tungavailoa don't play, like, let your kid rip it. You're going to be at home. Michigan State can't be feeling good about themselves. If you have the option, I would receive the opening kickoff. You're almost certain to score a touchdown. And 
then we're right back to the same game script. And now, I guess we can talk about the the night game because <laughs> the big attraction in the conference this the week. The only thing that really sucks about Scott Frost getting fired this early or as early as he did, um, besides the fact that I wasn't going to be prepared to 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 get the video out, the in memoriam video out until <laughs> like early October when I thought it was going to happen. I'm still working on it, by the way. I'm sorry. I got a lot of shit going on. Um, all the teams that didn't get the chance to put the nail in his coffin. In particular, Indiana. <laughs> I mean, because Indiana, remember, Indiana was the subject of getting some shit talked about them by Scott Frost complaining about how he's got shit like Indiana on his schedule. <laughs> do you remember that one? I do. They've been wanting... I do. They, they've been looking at this game for a long time. They saw when the buyout dropped... They wanted to be the ones to shoot the crossbow bolt right through his heart. And they could have been. They put, Honestly, like, there's an argument to, make, to be made that they should have been. But even if Nebraska hadn't fired him after the Georgia Southern game, they probably would have fired him after Oklahoma. That was my prediction from the beginning, before I was even aware of the buyout thing. Um, Who knows how differently they would have performed? It's hard to say. Oklahoma was good last year, although... I believe that Oklahoma's coach is with them during practices this year. So that's a little bit of a departure from last year. But uh, Oklahoma still only beat them by the one score last year. Big if true. Coaches with the team. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that does occasionally play into things. But the point is, if you're, if you're skeptical about Indiana, just remember that that angle is out there. I don't know that Scott Frost being fired is necessarily going to take the motivational speech out of Tom Allen's lungs, absolutely right? Absolutely <laughs> Doesn't he seem like he's still going to bring that up? Oh, absolutely. And um, Nebraska's a three-and-a-half point favorite. Nebraska's got more talent at the skill positions. The question is, what's going on in that locker room right now? Mm-hmm. What are people thinking about? I mean... They just fired the defensive coordinator, so... <laughs> I mean, like, who are they going to play at quarterback? Um I'm probably still Casey Thompson, but... Um, hey, how about this? Is Casey Thompson going to stay in the game when his team's down 14 points and suddenly things aren't going his way? I mean, it, it feels like Connor Basilak has become the unquestioned leader of that team. Yeah, um, for sure. And there was a leadership void for Indiana with McFadden departing. That's definitely true. So if you're asking me about locker room vibes... All Indiana right now, even though they just got their ass handed them by Cincinnati. Uh, I mean, they kind of hung in there for, you know, against a tough opponent on the road. They had some escapes at home where maybe they want to play better than they've played, but they're still three and one. And it is still a pride thing. If you're, you know, if you're talking about getting the best effort out of a program like Indiana, don't you constantly, well, I would say constantly, but at the right moments, don't you remind your players, this is one of those programs that thinks that we're shit. This is one of those programs that thinks we're an automatic four-touchdown victory. This is one of those well, programs Scott Frost that schedules complained. Up. Scott Frost complained about them shitting up his strength of schedule. Yeah, so this is right. This is one of those programs whose head coach, who is an emblem of the school, thinks that we decrease his chances of going to the playoff because of how bad we are. That's what we're playing right now. I mean, like it's Tom Allen, I'm sure, would say it much better than I am, but... I like Indiana in this game. Um, Nebraska is probably the more talented team overall, but we said that about Nebraska a lot of times the last few years. It's very rarely mattered. Um, Elsewhere in the country, I haven't even bothered checking where game day is anymore. I'm officially exiling them from my mind after they pass on the people's game day of Duke 
at Kansas to go to another meaningless SEC East game because well, the team's just, just going to lose to Georgia anyway. So who not cares? Not to mention the fact that they went to App State and then didn't broadcast a fucking game. Yeah, they're they're <laughs> over two this season. I'm finally and officially done with them. Big nude is the people's choice now. Um, that being said, it's yeah, another Michigan game. Maybe they'll let the Michigan kids uh, hold up mean signs about Urban Meyer this week. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be pretty fun. What an absolute cream puff of a person. I, and then you consider how much better the Jaguars look after he's gone. Like, that's the biggest change they made this offseason is he's gone. Yeah, that's really it. Travis Etienne was healthy. Gave, a, Ford, gave a bunch of money to Christian Kirk. Like, I'm sure that's made the difference. No, it's, it's the fact that he's not there anymore. Anyway. Other potentially interesting games, Kentucky at Ole Miss and Bama at Arkansas are the two SEC games I had an eye on. But Friday night, Washington heads to UCLA. Both teams are 4-0. UCLA, very quiet 4-0 because they pounded very, Colorado. Very quiet they after, that South USA. Alabama, after that South Alabama game. Very, very it's quiet. Still a, I mean, they're an unranked 4-0 Power 5 team, as is Kansas. Are the students back for UCLA yet? Are the students oh, going to be back at any we, point we, you during know what? football we, season? We did get confirmation of this. The classes started... On the 22nd of So we'll be expecting something like a bad DCFC crowd. Five to to 6,000 people. Yeah, perhaps. Uh, Let's see. So yeah, that Kentucky Ole Miss is probably the best ranked matchup. TCU is also 3-0, but they haven't played any conference games. They had an interesting experience with Tanner Mordecai and SMU Horned Frogs. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if we'll ever see... I I don't know when we'll ever see another thing like that where... A coach, coach gets hired to the other side, side of a trophy yeah. game of a of a rivalry in the same city, no less. Like there can't be many other situations where that's even possible. Um, I guess UCLA USC could be a thing. God, if this were only the flame throwing Eastern Washington of ten years ago, their game against Florida would be, who boy. Yeah. Um, OK State at Baylor is another potentially interesting one. Probably an inside track to the Big 12 title game now that Oklahoma's taken a conference loss. Um, I don't know what to make of that. I actually haven't watched either of those teams play a single down yet. I'll be asked, I'll be fully honest and transparent with you folks. Well, those are defensive stalwarts in yeah. the new Big 12, which is, of course, again, a defensive conference. And not that Oklahoma didn't capitulate and hire a defensive coordinator as their head coach. Hey, you got to follow the trends, man. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So everybody's look, just going to be everybody's just going to be playing in the conference defense. we care about. The, the, the our guilty pleasure, our ice cream after the after the you know the the, the good old meat and potatoes diet of Big Ten football. Yeah, you got to have something to keep the you ACC. All... Wake Forest goes to Florida State. Oh yeah, baby! Florida State's got a good quarterback. Yeah, I, I really like Jordan Travis. Um, he gets. I feel like he gets hit really, really hard a lot. And he stands in there and makes accurate throws, and he doesn't really care that he's about to get blown up. Yeah. They got, is there a wide receiver's nickname Pookie or Cookie? I forget. They have a wide receiver with a really cool nickname. Pokey. It's Pokey. Pokey. Which is even better for a wide receiver because it's like, normally you don't want your wide receivers to be Pokey, but... He's very good. So God, it's, they it's only okay. Had another it's guy good. named Gumby on the other side. <laughs> Iowa State. Goes to Kansas. I mean, what an interesting game. Iowa State is a three and a half point favorite. Bet the house on the Jayhawks. No, man. You can't, are you kidding me? I was, I was there at a sold out David Booth Kansas Memorial Stadium in two thousand four. <laughs> oh my god! What's the matter with you? you? Believe that? 
uh, we had a family friend that went there, and they were really good at the time. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'll tell you, They're building for the role for the Orange Bowl. I'll tell you point. who they choked away a two touchdown lead against Vince Young. <laughs> oh my god! Oh my god! That's right. Oh yeah, that was bad. Wow, that was almost twenty years ago now. Shush. Younger generations are relentlessly pushing us into our graves. Yeah, well, you know what's under the Fresno State-UConn game? is Michigan State at Maryland, so there. <laughs> I felt like lashing out and smacking you for some reason. So, Virginia Tech at North Carolina is not interesting at all. I don't know why I even bring that up. Um, boy. I mean, Mississippi State plays a game well, that is how, always how, interesting. How about this? Texas Tech at Kansas State. So K-State's fresh into the rankings after taking down Oklahoma. Both of these teams uh, took out frustrations on the superpowers that are abandoning them and trying to destroy their conference. Tech beat Texas last week, and K-State beat Oklahoma. That's a, a, a mutual letdown game where it's a question of who is able to get over their big victory the quickest. Um, Adrian Martinez remains very much a random number generator, a hugely entertaining one for K-State. So if the noons, if the big nude slate has you feeling a little bit more, a little bit more modest, and you're wanting to cover yourself up with something outside of the conference, I would probably pass on Kentucky Ole Miss in this instance, and consider Texas Tech at K State. You would have to get ESPN Plus, or perhaps is that the Big Twelve Network? What even is this? I'm going to interpret that as some variant of ESPN+. To be honest, if you're in the Big Ten footprint, you're probably going to have a difficult time finding that game. Not as difficult as if it was USC, though. Yes, absolutely. Now, they head to... Or no, they host Zombie Arizona State. Uh, They're 24-point favorites. Again, this is the USC we know and love. This is a dangerous spot for them. Right. (laughs) Uh, Clemson at NC State, of course, is probably where game day is headed uh that's on abc they passed on clemson wake forest last week they won't do that again for a rank clemson against a rank opponent for sure of course nc state was the opponent that brought down clemson uh last year to kick off acc being fun season uh but i don't feel it this time because nc state is number 10 uh NC State is flying a little too close to the sun, as far as I'm concerned, given their overall history. I'm sorry. I'm actually trying to find whether they've announced where they're going next. I'm just going to look at their Twitter feed really quick. Well, anyway, I will tell you that there is one game in the SEC that I'm finding really intriguing, and that is LSU at Auburn. Oh, my God. (laughs) Um I think I want, I've, I've got, you've got to want Auburn to win that game, don't you? Well, of course, because I want Auburn to, I want Auburn to win the SEC this year. They are indeed going, <laughs> and so game day is indeed going to Clemson NC State. Um, only thing that surprises me there slightly is they're passing on a matchup between top 15 SEC teams and Kentucky and Ole Miss to do so. Auburn is just, every Auburn win is hilarious Yeah, from this point on. Especially this one, because then the coach, because then Harson has to come out in the press conference and pretend like, I yeah, I told, of course, yeah, we're we're circling the wagons, yeah, everything's fine in this program, we're doing good. I totally want to be here. Damn it, he's just, just, just like visibly seething after a victory. 
Well, in any case, I don't know if there is anything around the country that's quite as interesting <laughs> as Michigan, Iowa. Your source for Big Ten Talk, it's off-tackle empire!